Welcome to Bougie Booze, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm David. I'm Cam. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. How are you doing, Boo? You know, I'm good. I am, um, I guess, decompressing from the week. Uh-huh. So I went on a really good walk this afternoon so that was good and i'm feeling kind of energized and i think it's because i had a carrot cake smoothie this morning for breakfast okay i've never heard of a carrot cake smoothie you gotta explain (laughs) that to me (laughs) okay well actually this idea came out of don't waste food you know because mama always said don't waste no food well that's why my parents had me licking my plates clean (laughs) Okay, so I have these carrots, right? And it's a bag of baby carrots. And they've been in my freezer. I'm not going to say how long, because it's kind of embarrassing. (laughs) But I was like, I cannot throw these carrots away. What can I do to eat them and, you know, not waste them? Well, the the little carrots that have been in the fridge, they didn't have, or you said freezer or fridge? Well, they were once in the fridge, but I wasn't eating them in the fridge. So I threw them in the freezer to try to like prolong. Okay. At yeah. least they were in the freezer and not in the fridge. Cause you know, after a while in the fridge, they live like little petrified stones. You know what I'm saying? They're like, <laughs> <That'll> like, dry. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, like white film on They're it. Like, what are all these little kidney stones up in the fridge? <laughs> so I tried to prevent that from happening. So I have like a couple of bags of baby carrots in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So I looked online and I see a recipe for a carrot cake smoothie and it needed Greek yogurt, which I had any type of milk, so dairy milk, almond milk, then the carrots, nutmeg, cinnamon, and like pumpkin pie spice seasoning, which I added. That was my little secret, you know, to make it good. You shared the secret with the (laughs) listeners. I mean, the recipe is very forgiving. You can make it your own, but you know what? I was so surprised. It actually came out really good. So I think I stumbled upon um, a recipe that's easy to make and it's a mm-hmm. keeper. And then also I felt like all healthy, right? I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm drinking a carrot cake smoothie for breakfast, you know? You, know, so. you might've felt healthy, but it does not sound healthy. It sounds like you just stuffed a carrot cake in there and blended it up. But you know what? There was, okay. I didn't have egg in there. I didn't have the vanilla frosting. <laughs> it had real, okay. Real carrots. Almond milk and Greek yogurt. Yeah, I think that's those are really healthy, good for you. Healthy mm-hmm. components. So, well, and then also, you know, I was able to not waste carrots. So, yeah. Shout out to my mama for teaching me sustainability before it was popular. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, my mom had done the same thing as growing up. We never let the bananas go to waste. So if they got really ripe, you know, even past that ripe point where they're looking black. <laughs> and uh, she would take them and mash them up and, uh, you know, put some flour and sugar and things and turn them into um, banana donuts, little balls of donuts, fried donuts. How can you go wrong with fried bread? That's what I'm saying. They were greasy and oily and delicious. Mm. Dip, dip them in a, and roll them around some sugar. Um, I, I'm just, I'm sounding really fatty right now. <laughs> well, it sounds delicious. And I'm just saying, you never bought me any of these uh, banana donuts. Well, I, 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 I haven't. I haven't really made these donuts, but I know how to make them, but I will try to make some for you. Thank you. I would appreciate it. So, but look at us getting all of our fruits and veggies and I guess make maybe making them less healthy, but still making them edible. 
Well, <laughs> we still try, we still be, uh, try to be healthy as possible, right? Yeah. So, and that's why, you know, we like to help everybody out there with uh, our health tips and our beauty tips. So I think I, it's time to talk about beauty food. So with the weather changing, I've noticed that like my skin is kind of, so I've always had oily skin. But now that it's getting hotter, I'm noticing that there's more and more oil on my skin. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because my face is extremely oily, but then my hands are extremely dry. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've got the same problem. <laughs> well, I need some of your ahava. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and I'm thankful for the warm weather. And I'm also thankful for the oil in my skin because, I mean, my mama always said that the oil in your skin prevents cracks. So, you know, black don't crack. <laughs> so, so I am thankful for the oil, but now that it's a little hotter, I'm starting to notice that my eyes are like more getting more irritated mm-hmm. and it's because of the oil that's dripping, dripping into down. my eyes. Yeah. From the oily skin. And this is happening at the most inconvenient times. <laughs> like, for example, if you're in a zoom meeting, and you're speaking and then all of a sudden like my eye just starts getting irritated and then it'll start I'll start crying but it's not because I'm sad it's because my eyes are burning Uh, everybody in the meeting is like Sam this is not I mean Cam this is not a sad topic you just call me Sam I was combining I was combining sad and Cam I was like is that your other boo that I don't know about I don't have any other boos But yeah, so I'll get the eye issue like in a Zoom meeting or even worse when I'm driving. So then I'm like over here trying to drive with one eye open and then the mm. other eyes closed because it's stinging and then starts watering. So that's a hazard. Yeah. So I've, I've been a hot mess. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't say anything about that. I'm a hot mess all week too myself. We're yeah. just on the hot mess express together. That's what I mean. I was like, chugga, chugga, choo, choo. (laughs) So I decided to reintroduce an astringent into my skincare routine. Mm -hmm. So I've been a Neutrogena girl all my life, right? So Neutrogena face wash and then Neutrogena moisturizer with SPF 15 has worked well for me. And then um, now I'm also using the oil eliminating astringent, which I've used before in the past. So I purchased the bottle and I just happened to look on the back. I don't even know why, because I obviously directions, you know, squirt some on a cotton ball and rub it on your face. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that the astringent bottle calls for the astringent to be applied two to three times per day. Am I supposed to take it to work with me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because I've always been the type to just apply astringent at night. Right. So I'll wash my face, I'll apply the astringent, and then I'll apply the moisturizer. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe to meet that two time minimum, I can start applying the astringent in the morning. But then I'm like, I don't want the astringent to be applied and then me go out into the cold elements because I think that will also do something to my face. Mm -hmm. So traditionally, like I said, I've only applied it at night. But now I'm thinking about trying it in the morning to see how my face reacts and to make sure that, you know, it doesn't get extremely dried out. Because again, 
I'm not trying to be the poster child for a black dove crack because my <laughs> face is all dry <laughs> from a stringent. <laughs> I'm just trying to eliminate the excessive oil. So that's what I've been focusing on. Um, just trying to eliminate the oil, but still keep my beautiful skin that I have been blessed with. So shout out to my parents for the good genes with the skin. <laughs> but then also too, I try to drink at least 60 ounces or more of water a day, which really contributes to um, my skin health. Yeah, hydrating is very important. And yeah. you know, the lesson is Cam is not trying to be the Exxon Valdez on her face. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, I also try to drink a lot of water throughout the day. And I think that really does, uh, it's very important to incorporate that into your lifestyle just for skin purposes, health purposes overall, staying hydrated, mm -hmm. especially in warm summer months or warm climates that you're out there in. Um, so make sure that you drink that water and hydrate people. Yes, hydrate yourself. But, so. you know, speaking of dry and hydrating, uh, you need to dry, uh, you know, you hydrate your scalp, right? Of course, so, it's a dry scalp. <laughs> Nobody wants a dry scalp. Yeah, and I've had issues with that over the years for a long time until I, uh, you know, I find a I found a product that works for me. And again, everybody reacts differently to different products. And but I've tried so many different things. It's not like I had a, a blizzard when I shook my head and you know dandruff <laughs> fell out of it. But you know, every once in a while you see some flakes coming out. You're like, ooh, I don't like that. That's really unsightly. And I would let you know. I'd be like, <laughs> ooh, how can we help? Like, what what are we gonna do to fix this problem? <laughs> yeah, she, you're like, I don't want the snowstorm blowing in my face when I'm behind you. <laughs> No, but I, like I said, I've tried many products. So like including tea tree oil, Selsun Blue, uh, like uh, this Neutrogena Triple Moisture Shampoo. And so then one day I've tried um, Head and Shoulders. And that was something I tried back in the day, the original formula. And I found Head and Shoulders Green Apple. And I said, let me try that. It smells really good. But again, it was I was disappointed because it didn't work. Oh no. But I need a new shampoo when I was done with that bottle. And I went back to the store and I saw that Head and Shoulders now had a shampoo infused with almond oil. And I said, well, almonds are good for you and, and your body and they, they're healthy fats. Maybe they're healthy on your head. So I tried the head and shoulder shampoo with almond oil uh, and it worked really well for me. Like right away, I saw results where my skin, my scalp uh, was no longer dry and I was didn't have any flaking. So I really appreciate that that product is out there. And I, if you go out and read reviews from other people, I think like Amazon has four and a half stars and everybody's raving about how great the shampoo is. So if you suffer from dry scalp, no matter how intense it is, give it a try and hopefully it works for you. So I'm just letting y'all know out there. Well, I mean, thank you for putting this on because yes, nobody wants dry scalp. We don't want snowflakes falling yeah. from your head. <laughs> Especially during the summer. <laughs> Well, speaking of summer, because, you know, warmer weather and people are wearing like sundresses and exposing their skin more, I am strongly considering getting a Brazilian wax. Oh. I know, but. Why don't, you get, why don't you get an American wax? <laughs> no. I haven't seen what that is. I don't, I don't either know, but uh, every, everyone here is a Brazilian wax and we all know what that is. Well, so during winter, right, you know, I kept up maintenance, but like, I won't say very minimal, but you know, you're not showing as much skin in winter because you're covering up. It's cold. Mm -hmm. And I currently shave, but it doesn't give that smooth finish that I prefer. Okay. 
And then also too, I suffer from razor bumps. And that, that's the reason why I'm considering switching over to a Brazilian wax because, you know, the razor bumps and then the ingrown hairs that I experienced. But again, I'm scared because when that wax paper rips off, I don't know. I just, I'm, I get nervous. Like, are they well, ripping a layer of my skin too? That's the thing. It's like, it, it takes me back to thinking about Steve Carell and 40 year old virgin when he goes gets wax and, they, and he's like, ah, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I know. So I'm just like, oh, is it worth it? So then, of course, you know, I go over to Reddit because I want to see everyone's experiences. And I see positive reviews. I see negative reviews. And the most negative reviews that I see that um, people experience from getting a Brazilian wax is you can it can get extremely itchy. And it's like, I don't want to be walking around like scratchy McScratchy. That's embarrassing. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then also too, um, getting a lot of little bumps in the area that you get waxed. So I'm like, I see positives, I see negatives, but obviously me personally, I wouldn't know until I actually went to go get a Brazilian wax. So I can see how, how my skin reacts to it. And then alternatively, I thought about getting a bikini wax to start out with. Because I figured a bikini wax is not so intense uh-huh. as a Brazilian wax. And I'm like, well, if my body reacts fine to a bikini wax, then maybe I can go full throttle for the Brazilian wax. That might be a good idea. It's like when you do that little um, test spot on your skin <laughs> to see if a product works. Yes. <laughs> well, and then I start laughing because I don't know if our listeners out there, um, if they watch a show called My Killer Body on Lifetime. So Kay Michelle hosts the show. And what the show is about is it documents how augmentation surgeries could go wrong. And so I'm like, you know what? There needs to be a show like that for Brazilian waxing. <laughs> <laughs> because I, w- I want to see what could possibly go wrong. And I don't want to always think negatively, right? Because I'm sure millions of people get Brazilian waxes. But I just want to be aware of all possibilities. Yeah, everyone reacts differently. So you'll never know until you actually do it. And maybe you can find some of those stories on YouTube. True. And then I'll probably freak myself out and be like, nope, (laughs) I'm sticking with the razors and the razor bumps. So yeah, so I'm currently uh, researching Black-owned boutique skin and waxing spas because I feel like a Black-owned spa would understand my skin better. So researching just for a consultation and then probably for a service, possibly, if I don't chicken out. <laughs> well, and then you can ask um, those spa owners what other people's experiences have been like and mm-hmm. if there have been anything really negative from or reactions that people had that were, uh, you know, kind of frightening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, which I'm like, I don't want to see the frightening ones. <laughs> but, so. you know, again, it's probably very rare. And like you said, people get Brazilian waxes every day. Yes. So you don't, you don't want to freak yourself out from trying it. Well, thank you for that, boo. So. You're welcome. Just like well, how you're going to go skydiving and bungee jumping, right? <laughs> N-O. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, if any listeners out there have recommendations for me, um, I welcome them. Feel free to DM us at Bougie Booze. Or you can even send an email to bougieboozepodcast at gmail.com. So I would 
welcome your recommendations, your positive experiences, your negative experiences. I want to see it all. Yeah, just let Cam know. <laughs> let us know. Well, and after all of this beauty talk, I mean, that's one part of treating yourself, but what's another uh, way of treating yourself, boo? Well, I think uh, food is always a good way, right? Yes. So. <laughs> well, according to us. <laughs> and so I want to talk about food just for a moment. So this is our segment, Foodie Food. <laughs> All right. So um, something that I want to bring up to the listeners that I've discovered is Trader Joe's has a mochi cake mix. And Ooh. for those, I, I know, so you know what mochi is, but not yes. everybody might be familiar with mochi. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> but mochi is a Japanese rice cake uh, and it's made of like a short grain, glutinous rice and other ingredients. And they put water, sugar, cornstarch, so basic stuff. But then a lot of listeners, they may know mochi ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. Or the little mochi, squeezable mochi toppings that you have for a frozen yogurt. Mm-hmm. but this is a cake uh, it's a it's a box cake mix at uh, Trader Joe's and it's a Hawaiian inspired cake with a chewy mocha texture so when you make it it's really simple to make you just mix it in the bowl with simple ingredients uh, pop it in an oven for like 50 minutes and it's ready to eat and when you pull it out it's so chewy that mo- mochi texture is in the center and oh. it's got a nice crisp on the outside the flavors just pop in your mouth because it's got as it, like it says, it's a Hawaiian inspired. So there's a lot of coconut taste to it because um, mm-hmm. you can taste the dehydrated coconut milk or something that is in the mix. And so you feel if once you take that bite, you're transported to some tropical island and then you have that tender mochi texture in your mouth and you just uh, you just get sent into this the tropics, basically. Oh man, that sounds delicious. Well, and also a good um, dessert for like the spring, summer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it gives that spring summer vibe. So with a nice cocktail. Sitting mm, <laughs> full size. Okay. Yes. I need to go to Trader Joe's and, and buy that before it sells out. Because I know like those specialty items like that, they tend to go quickly because it's like they only make them seasonally. Yeah. The next time I go back, I might have to buy a few boxes just to make sure. <laughs> You're gonna hoard them and then put them on eBay. <laughs> you know. I wasn't thinking about that, but. (laughs) Hey, it's an opportunity there. (laughs) So I'm wondering, can you put like a frosting on it? I know it probably doesn't need a frosting because of the sweet flavor already, Uh but could you do that? I don't see why you couldn't. I personally wouldn't um, because like I said, it's already got that coconut uh, infused flavor and the mochi texture, Uh, unless you wanted to make it like a chocolate coconut Ooh, make it decadent. Mm. <laughs> or you can even use like a pina colada topping. Ooh, see, look at you. Look at you just <laughs> coming up with all these delicious ideas. Well, and then after you're done um, eating your mochi cake or actually making your mochi cake, you can uh-huh. sit down and eat it either poolside, like we said, or you can watch a movie yes. while eating it. So recently I just saw the new Pixar Disney movie or Disney Pixar movie, uh, Turning Red. Uh, Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet, but it is on my list of things to watch, but it's on Disney Plus, right? Yes, it is. It's uh, direct to Disney Plus. It didn't go to the theater. So I'm going to need to, um, you know, borrow that password. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you did not just say that out nope, there. Nope, <laughs> I did not. No one heard me. <laughs> but no, it was a really cute movie. And of course, uh, being Asian inspired, well, it was, it was with Asian characters, I was uh, really amped to see it. Uh, of course, it's Chinese as well, but I, and I'm not Chinese but I could, it was still relatable for me. But I think you don't have to be Asian for this movie to be relatable because the interesting part about that, this movie, and the director and the writer, co-writer have openly admitted that this movie is a giant allegory for female menstruation and specifically when a young girl gets that first period. Mm. And so hence turning she, red. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, and that's outwardly expressed by her turning into a red panda. I mean, sometimes I be feeling like that. <laughs> that type, it's like, yes. Almost feel like you're going to decombust or something. <laughs> yeah, so, the, you know, the, the main character, uh, there's a young protagonist, the girl, Mei Lin or Mei Mei. She gets her first period and it coincides with the this family curse and so the females in their family and lineage uh at a certain point when they blossom into a woman <laughs> or begin that process mm -hmm. uh turn into a red panda and so you know so the allegory is very clear in your face if you can't see i mean children won't see it per se mm -hmm. but adults adult, most adults should be able to see that yeah but um but and the children just enjoy a cuddly red panda <laughs> But you know, it's um, it, it's the the main character May. She goes through all the issues that young girls go through, like liking boys and uh, embarrassed, being embarrassed by her parents and things like that. So it's very relatable for a lot of women. And even if you're not a girl, you can relate on some level as a boy and how your parents reacted to certain things. And mm -hmm. and as a child, and when you're especially when you're hitting that puberty stage, all your emotions are heightened. Oh, of course. So, well, and then you, some people suffer from acne in the puberty stage, and it's just a very odd time in a 13-year-old's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting, too, because the movie took place, it wasn't American-based, it was in Toronto, so they were Toronto Chinese Canadians, you know, and there, it's not like the movie didn't have its faults either, because, of course, it relied on a lot of stereotypes, mm. like the Asian mother was very much the tiger mom. Well, do explain, educate us. What does tiger mom mean? Well, tiger mom, and many of you may know the stereotype about how the mom is very strict and it's her way or no way. And mm. you know, she basically dictates what you can and cannot do. But at the same time, it's a stereotype, but <laughs> it's very relatable. I mean, my <laughs> mom was kind of a tiger mom <laughs> to a certain degree. Well, I mean, my, my mom as well. <laughs> I, I just think that also too, when you know, you have multiple kids and you're trying to manage a household. In some yeah. ways, you need that, right? You need to have that tiger mom mentality to make sure your house is not going crazy and to keep it orderly. But there's different levels in the sense that, especially with a lot of Asian parents, mm -hmm. they don't really care about their child's opinion per se. It's like <laughs> what they say goes. And if they want you to be in a certain career path, that's what you got. You have to do. Yeah. And so it's very difficult for Asian young Asian uh, children to speak mm -hmm. out and say, no, I don't want to do that. And then there comes that whole background of embarrassing your family and family honor. And so it's really difficult for 
uh, it's difficult for anybody in general, but that it's all built in that Asian guilt, you know? Mm. And so it's really difficult to speak out against your family and your parents. And the, in the beginning of the movie, the young girl May, she even goes through this whole dialogue through pictures and photos about how you have to respect your elders and respect the word of your parents. And, you know, but then she goes on to say, but I'm 13 and I want to do what I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't we all have that same mentality at 13? It's like, I'm a teenager now, you know, but I can relate though in black culture too. It's very important to respect your elders, right? And listen Mm -hmm. to your parents. You better not talk back to your parents and you better not get smart with them because they will uh, knock you upside your head as uh, black people like to say. Well, a nice merger of the the Black and Asian cultures that we're talking about right now is one time I remember I was going to, I was shopping with my mother and we were going into a mall and I saw a a Black woman coming up and she was going to enter the store. So I held the door open for her before my mom and I went in and the the woman turned to my mother and said, you done raise your son right. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's a really nice compliment for her to give to my mother who can then feel proud that she raise her son in a way that somebody could compliment that yeah well i mean and it all goes back to because if your mom was a tiger mom but look <laughs> look what she look how you turned out you know it's so true it's like positive can come out of being a quote-unquote tiger mom <laughs> i mean for you know that's a good case scenario i mean there are some negative ones but at the same time hopefully asian parents if you're out there listening try to listen to your children all parents listen to your yeah. children yeah, yeah let, let your children be who they are your job is just to guide them um to do right but you can't monitor everything they do 24 7 no but, but you can instill good choices so that they can are you know uh, the wisdom to make good choices when those bad situations come up mm-hmm. well and then you can always say you know like when i was growing up like this i experienced this too and i understand what you're going through or i understand you know how you feel yeah but i was able to navigate it through this you know but not being so forceful about it mm-hmm. so basically having a conversation with your child so it's funny because we're talking about this none of us have kids <laughs> <laughs> we don't. But you know, my sister is much younger than myself, and uh, I basically help raise her, and she considers me almost like a second dad. And so, daddy I, boo, basically. <laughs> but I, I try to have those open conversations with her, and I didn't like tell her no all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was very, you know, honest with her in terms of like the sex talk. And, you know, it's because you know how people like to mask it with the birds and the bees and what have you. But I was just like, this is how it works, you know? And when she was, I don't know, seven years old, I'm letting her watch horror movies, but I'm explaining to her, this is not real. And, you know, and so she enjoys horror movies to this day. It's her favorite genre. She loves them. Well, she's brave because I'm not watching a horror movie. I know. (laughs) One hand, you're like, you're a horrible parent because she's seven and she's watching people get their heads lopped off. And I'm like, but I told her it's not real. (laughs) Uh, Big brother. (laughs) But, you know, the other thing about Turning Red that I love is that it's set in 2002 and May and her friends, they love a particular boy band and that you know that era was boy band era mm-hmm. uh, backstreet boys and so forth but in the movie they love a band called um four town which not, not o-town no four town <laughs> <laughs> no o's there just fours. <laughs> but the, well, the funny thing about that is 
my friend who I was watching with, he goes, why do they call Fort Town when there's five people in the band? <laughs> right? And then that's actually what uh, May's mom asked too. She's like, why are they Fort Town? There's five people. <laughs> <laughs> but so the movie hit um, on all cylinders for things that I like, uh, you know, it's Asian bass, it's funny, it's cute, it's got boy bands. And the music in the movie is actually really good. And it was written by Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I do. I am a fan of Billie Eilish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but it's very different in terms of they try to capture the feel of that 2002 boy band era. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, mo the most recognizable person in the boy band that people would know is Jordan Fisher. Um, and he does, he's done a lot of Disney work and so forth. And he was out dancing with the stars, but you know, his voice, he's a very good singer as well. But uh, the, the, the fan base <laughs> is called Four Townies and Disney Pixar actually set up a website for Four Town. So you could go on there and see all the members and get their profiles and listen to the songs. So this is a totally fictional group, but they uh -huh. have a real website, which is cool because what if they actually, uh, make that into a real group that would be that would be amazing <laughs> like something that was just an idea and now it becomes a reality yeah so. but it you know they won't they won't look like their counterparts in real life so. <laughs> well i don't know with a uh, plastic surgery <laughs> well that's a lot of plastic surgery in some cases we're changing ethnicities <laughs> I mean, hey, with the right amount of money. Well, no, it can happen. It's just like that one guy who um, decided he was going to be Korean, even though he's a white British person. There you go. And he's like, he had so many surgeries and to, to make himself look Korean. And he goes out saying, I'm Korean. But I'm like, I'm sorry, you're not. <laughs> like, just let me let you know real quick. <laughs> well, thank you for letting us know about that movie. Yes. So. Like I said, Disney Plus, password, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time to get into Bougie Bits. So I know that you would get a kick out of this, boo. I was like, I cannot wait to tell you this story. So I was having a conversation the other day with a friend. And I mentioned that Macy's has their Ralph Lauren pillows on sale and that I purchased a few to refresh my pillow collection, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then this person called me bougie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you it's, know, not like, it's not like it's unusual. We get called bougie a lot. <laughs> I know. And so then when they called me bougie, I said, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. So yes, if that friend is listening right now, I just wanted to say thank you for calling me bougie. Thank you for recognizing it. So, and if sleeping comfortably and getting great sleep on Ralph Lauren pillows is bougie, then sign me up. On Ralph Lauren pillows after you've had your Ashika Wanda. <laughs> I'm getting my beauty rest. And exactly. So, but then, you know what? After all that, I ordered the wrong size. <laughs> All of these different size pillows on my bed but you know what they're still comfortable so well she don't need to know that part <laughs> <laughs> so yes if our any of our listeners out there did not know Ralph Lauren pillows to me they're the best pillows if you're looking for great comfort so 
And Macy's tends to have them on sale from time to time. Thank you for that tip. <laughs> what about you? What's your bougie bit for, for this week? My bougie bit is I was recently recalling a time uh, I had a $50 burger. Hey, well, <laughs> I mean, it, that's probably like this month with inflation. Burgers well, see, that's, are <laughs> that's the thing. I had that prior to the pandemic and prior to inflation. It was just good old $50 in the back of the day, way back in the day when times were good. And so, the, you know, you're like, why is this burger $50? Because it was a foie gras burger. Mm, and delicious. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember I introduced Cam to foie gras, and she now loves it as well. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who are like, what the heck is foie gras? Uh, foie gras, I even though it won't sound delicious to you, it's uh, the fatty, du uh, fatty duck or goose liver, right? Peter, and please do not DM us. <laughs> <laughs> we do love animals. But look, people eat foie gras and, and, and there are ways to farm it without harming the birds. And that's kind of why the, the, well, that is why the ban in California exists is because the way foie gras is made is not the best. So, you know, I don't like that, but it's so delicious. I'm sorry, birdies. <laughs> but you can make it into a pate and pates are usually made with liver and they're, you know, uh, put into a spreadable texture with spices and things like that. Or you could you could get a big slab of liver and fry it, and it melts in your mouth. So this is what that burger had. Look, when you fry anything, well, I'm not going to say anything, but most things most fried things. are delicious. So. But yeah, so the burger was a brioche bun. It had a, a nice juicy, I think it was a Angus or Wagyu patty. I can't remember what it was. But then a big old slab of fried foie gras. Mm. And so when you bit into it, you got the texture of that burger, the juiciness, juiciness from the burger and the melty butteriness of that foie gras in your mouth. Oh, and the, man. Yeah, so and then it's just like decadent burger. So you're like, $50 is worth it. <laughs> it is for a good experience. Why yes. not? So, well, things we can look forward to once we travel outside of California. Well, yeah. I mean, actually, foie gras is now a... a there's a, a workaround and FAGWA is legal in California, but it has to be shipped from out of state uh, or use a third party vendor to get it. But you can't, they can't farm it here in California. You can't get it directly from somebody in California. But so we can still get our FAGWA. But, you know, now these days I have to go to Vegas for my FAGWA. So. <laughs> you get some FAGWA on the black market. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> don't tell nobody. <laughs> Well, guess what, Boo? What? I'm so excited to announce that we received our first listener question. Woo! I can't believe it. <laughs> Yay. So what is this question? So a listener wants to know if you know who, is it Sistar? Yes, yeah, Sistar. Who Sistar is. Yeah, so please do a uh, let us know. Share that with us. Thank goodness I can say yes. Of course I know who Sistar <laughs> is. Uh, Sistar is a four-person, four-female, uh, four-member uh, female group, uh, K-pop. And they've disbanded uh, in 2017. Uh, but they had a lot of monster hits, and they were known as the Queens of Summer because they always put out summer bops. Mm. And they were under Starship Entertainment, which is also the home of Monster X for those K-pop fans out there who are still currently together. They're a boy band, and they're one of the one of bands I really like. But um, you know, some of the songs that they really 
had that were really enjoyable are cool, so cool, alone, touch my body. That has a memorable video. It made quite a wave. And actually, before K-pop became really popular, a lot of people saw that video on YouTube because they do a lot of booty shaking in that video. Oh, hey. Not not twerking per se. I can't really describe it, but they wear these stiletto heels, shaking their booties. And it's a really catchy summary song. So give that a listen. But yeah, so, and then the members are uh, Dasam, Bora, Soyu, and Hyolin. And, but coming out of Sistar, Hyolin is probably the biggest star. She has a good solo career going on right now. Mm-hmm. And actually, Boo, I would recommend you listen to some Hyolin because she sings more of a pop R&B flavor. Okay. Um, and she actually did a song called Dolly with uh, Aaliyah Janelle. Are you familiar with Aaliyah Janelle? I am not. She's a... I- Black choreographer. Okay. And she started that uh, trend of dancing in stiletto heels. She started a class called uh, Queens and Lettos. Mm. And so she taught women how to dance straight up in those stiletto heels, those dangerous stiletto heels. You need to have strong knees and ankles to be doing that. Mm -hmm. So, and then in the Dolly video, um, Aaliyah's in the video with Hyolin dancing in stilettos, doing the choreo in that video. But, uh, you know, it's very much eye candy for the men's too, because they got little booty short shorts on. And, well, not just the men's, the women who admire, admire women. <laughs> <laughs> who are into that. <laughs> but, um, and then another thing about Hyolin is that, well, some of the other songs that I recommend from her are CC, Say My Name, and her newest song, Laying Low. That is a jam right now. I'm still listening to that right now. And then she actually did the Korean version of um, Frozen's Let It Go. Yeah, let so it when, go, let exactly. It go. But that in Korean. <laughs> I do not know Korean. So I was like, I was waiting for it. I was like, where is it? <laughs> You're not gonna find it here. <laughs> but yes, um, listener, Sistar is a great K-pop band and they're second gen, I believe. And so uh yeah, so those who look who are into K-pop or who have been into K-pop, they know Sistar very well. Those who are getting into K-pop, I would recommend you listen to some of their stuff and definitely listen to Hyolin and her solo career. Well, thank you for that. And thank you to our listener for sending in that question. And if you're listening and you have a question for us, you would like us to answer or maybe give our opinions or you just need a point of view, please feel free to DM us. Our Instagram is bougieboos. And then also you can email us now podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love our boo-boos out there. Hey, <laughs> our boo-boos. I like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe because we're boos and they're our boo-boos. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and also, I just want to send my congrats and shout out to Abbott Elementary on being renewed for a second season. So kudos to them. Well deserved. Yes, we talked about um, Abbott Elementary. I believe that was in our first episode. So I was happy to see that that show has been renewed. So I can't wait for the new episodes. Yeah, along those lines, I also have to give a shout out to Ghosts, which I talked about uh, CBS on CBS, and they got a renewal for season two as well. So I'm happy about that. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so it looks like we have some good TV watching in the future. In our- yeah, it's, it's a bummer when shows that you enjoy get canceled. So it's <laughs> nice to know that they're going to be coming back at least another season. So very excited. Would we like to say anything before we get out of here? 
Are we no, good? I think that's it for that's all our time with the boo boos. <laughs> well, till next time, boo boos, be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye. <laughs>